Welcome to What Christians Should Know, How You Can Apply Biblical Principles to Everyday Life. Good day to everyone. I am your host, Dr. Elijah Sadafal, and welcome to What Christians Should Know. I'm starting a new edition to the podcast this week called What Christians Should Know Shorts. What are shorts, you ask? Well, they are short episodes that answer a specific question based on a brief Bible passage. What inspire the shorts? At our local church, I recently began a preaching series on the book of Psalms, and over the past few weeks, I have found myself either with too much content for a Sunday morning or expositing information that is teachable but is not preachable. So, my intent is to deliver that content and information to you in digestible form so that you can increase in your knowledge of God and His Word. Today's short will provide three answers to the question, why is God not answering my prayers? In general, any answer to that question will not be totally comprehensive because ultimately the true answer rests in the sovereign will of God. Still, what we as Christians can do is first, know the one we are praying to, and second, know how to actually pray. For those who like to listen, episode 1.2 of this podcast explains who God is, and there is a two-part series on prayer in episodes 2.4a and 2.4b. For those who like to read, you can check out the bookstore on wcsk.org. Our scripture focus today will be on Psalm chapter 2, verses 7 to 8. The NASB says, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. So why is God not answering my prayers? Answer number one is actually a question. Answer number one is, Are you God's child? In Psalm chapter 2, verses 7 to 8, Jesus is the one speaking, but he relays what God the Father told him in an inter-Trinitarian conversation. He says, You are my son, today I have begotten you, and the next thing that he says is, Ask of me. It is no accident that a declaration of sonship is immediately followed by a declaration of fatherly care, because that is what fathers do. They care for their sons. And just to be clear, Jesus is the only begotten Son of the Father. People who confess faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior are adopted sons and daughters in the family of God. Natural fathers tend to the needs of their children. Generally speaking, fathers do not tend to the needs of other people's children because those children are not theirs. Fathers know their own children and therefore have a relationship with them. Because of the relationship, fathers open their ears to their own children and are responsive to them. Children also tend to want to be like their fathers. So, if God is not answering your prayers, you have to ask yourself, Am I God's adopted son? Am I God's adopted daughter? Does God know me? How is my relationship with my Heavenly Father? 
Generally speaking, sonship in the Bible has to do with obedience, not a biological relationship. This is why, for example, the Israelites and angels are called sons of God, not because there is a biological relationship, but because there is a dynamic of obedience to God. So, if we go back to Psalm 2, we see that God inclines his ear to his son to the point where Jesus doesn't even have to take the initiative, but God tells him, ask of me. This unsolicited invitation to make a request again follows the declaration of sonship. So when we apply this to our Christian walk, we see that God, as our adoptive father, opens his ears and answers the prayers to his adopted sons and daughters. In other words, those who are obedient to him. This is validated in Psalm chapter 103, verses 13 to 14, which says, Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. It must be said that being a child of God eliminates many obstacles to legitimate prayer because a child of God will read their Bible and meditate on God's word, which will warm their prayer engines and animate fervent prayers. God's word will inform you about who God is and therefore by necessity inform the quality and focus of your prayer life. So, if you believe that God is not answering your prayers, here is a bit of actionable advice. Don't focus on your praying and focus on your obedience. Fathers tend not to grant anything to disobedient children or to children that they do not know. Why is God not answering my prayers? The second answer is because you are not asking of God. The problem with modernity is that people have lots of options for everything and oftentimes results are instantaneous. This not only gives people a sense of instant gratification, but also creates a culture where people know what they want, how to get it, when to get it, and who to get it from. This gives some people a sense of independence, so why should they bother with God? In Psalm 2, the father tells the son, Ask of me, and I will surely give. The issue in some instances is not that people are not asking, it's that they are not asking of God. The father has a willingness to respond, evidenced by his open invitation, but if the son never asks, God cannot provide. If the son asks the devil, he will get a second-rate answer with strings attached. If the son asks fallen humanity, he would be sorely disappointed. Furthermore, an adopted son or daughter of God means that they have a general awareness of who their father is. So no, you cannot ask him for something when you know that will do nothing other than fuel vanity. Fathers want to provide for their children even in the minutia of everyday life. So why wouldn't the first one you go to be your heavenly father? You may be looking for a job promotion, but did you ask God? Did you ask him first before ever thinking of approaching your boss? What if after asking God, instead of now asking for that promotion, you get the sense that it's time to move somewhere else? Did you ask God to touch the heart of that young girl in your local congregation that seems remote and distant? Did you ask him to touch your heart so that you can relate to her with compassion and grace? Did you ask him to guide you in your ministry as opposed to relying exclusively on your own works or secular wisdom? 
why is God not answering my prayers? Answer number three, because your prayers are not big enough. Again, let's look at our text. Psalm 2 verses 7 to 8 says, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. So what did the father predetermine to give? Everything, the nations as an inheritance and the ends of the earth as a possession. This coincides with the biblical idea of sonship in that a son is an heir to all of his father's possessions. What if the son asked for a tiny nation on the other side of the world instead of the nations? What if the son asked for a small island in the middle of the Pacific instead of the very ends of the earth? Then he would be making a request far, far smaller than what his father has determined to give. Which brings me to an important question. Have you ever considered that the size of your faith equals the size of your prayers? That the size of your prayers is equal to the size of your perception of God? God is infinite, unsearchable, and without bounds. He has the power to bestow the entire world with a simple request. Even if God tried, he couldn't stop being himself, who is sovereign. So why would we ever think there is something that God cannot do? Why would we ever think there is something too big for God? Consider Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. That text says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. What Paul writes to the Ephesians is that God transcends our minds and thus what we ask of him. In our minds, of course, exists a component of our faith as it relates to our knowledge of what God has already done. Truly, our faith has God as its object, but God is always bigger than our faith. Therefore, consider that your prayers are unanswered not because you are not his child and not because you are not asking of him. It's because your prayers are not big enough. For some, they may sincerely lack faith in God, and so they do not ask for anything of significance from someone they really don't trust in. For others, they have a little faith in a little God who can only do little things. The result is that prayer requests are little, and the response matches the faith. All the while, in his infinite glory, God is watching his children ask for crumbs when he has the world in his hands. Now contemplate what can plausibly happen when a child of God, knowing they are a member of God's elect, has faith in the omnipotent God of the Bible, and then asks God for something really big to glorify him. Beloved, you have to look back on what God has already done to animate your confidence in the present and hope for the future. This confidence informs you that with God, all things are possible, and the barrier between right now and your prayer fulfillment is believing that God is as good and as trustworthy as He is. If we do not truly believe in Christ, we dishonor His name. 
a vital part of our incremental development from Christian infancy to Christian adulthood is to vanquish the monster of unbelief. What God has already done is so good, so powerful, and so profound, we ought to strive to attack the roots of our unbelief so that it has no possible room to grow and take hold. Jesus Christ, our faithful shepherd king, has never given anyone any reason to doubt him. Amen to that. Thank you for listening. For more valuable content, including written transcripts, a bookstore, and online Bible study, please visit wcsk.org.